Hi, welcome to another slice of sci-fi in a brand new year. 2023 is upon us and we're going to take a little look back at uh, 2022. Some of the stuff that stuck in our minds, some of the stuff that maybe we wish we had some mind bleach to uh, get rid of. Uh, I'm joined today by Noah Richmond and Cliff Jackson, and we're going to just shoot the shit <laughs> and because it's, a, it's an informal kind of thing and we're just oh, winding in the new year. Hi, guys. It's summer. summer. All right, happy yeah. New year. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, happy 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, we, we were we were just chatting uh, a little bit right before we started recording, um, talking a bit about you know some of the some of the types of films like Cliff and I have tended to like cult horror movies, um, particularly some of the things that I I think of us as as watching together would be like uh, you know Peter Jackson's early stuff from New Zealand, like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, Dead Alive and Brain Dead slash Dead Alive, depending on what what region you're you're living in. Um, yeah. And Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so some of the stuff along those lines. So the thing is, these days there's so much just low budget horror stuff that just gets thrown out because somebody's you know it doesn't cost anything somebody can can just make something cheap and a lot of times it just it's just boring to sit through you know it, it just gets tedious but every now and then you do come across these little gems that do capture that kind of spirit like reanimator and evil dead and mm. you know dead alive uh so something i watched recently and this was not a 2022 film but it is something that was new to me and that i was pleasantly surprised by because i i was kind of almost going through the motions of well i had it on my list a little bit there'd been some other things from the you know released through this distributor that i hadn't been so fond of um, but I went ahead and, and tried out the 2015 release of a film called Deathgasm. <laughs> I, I, I did not know what to expect from Deathgasm, but I had just seen like a clip of it online recently where it was like a heavy metal band and um it, it actually had a pretty good effect sequence of some guy jamming on a guitar and standing on top of a mountain and um suddenly you know suddenly like these this parade of scantily clad women underneath them and he should start shooting lightning bolts out of the side out of the end of his guitar and blowing off their their bikini tops <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so, so i decided to see what this was and it turned out that it is in fact a new zealand release and it is a director who turns out to have been doing effects work uh for some of uh some of peter jackson's stuff 
Um, and it really captures a lot of that kind of anarchic spirit of a lot of those, uh, those films, like I just mentioned, you know, it really is kind of in the spirit mm -hmm. of something like, uh, um, brain damage or, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, some of the other, uh, um, early Peter Jackson releases. So that was, that was kind of my pleasant surprise of what I've watched recently that I kind of, I went into not expecting much of and it, and, and don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's not like a Oscar winner or something, but it, it was actually, <laughs> it was actually a good deal of fun um, all the way through. So, uh, mm -hmm. so Deathgasm was, was kind of my, uh, my recent, <laughs> recent <laughs> treat. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, such a no. Yeah, yeah. It, basically, the plot of it is, um, it's it's like this high school death metal band somehow gets their hands on this spell to invoke a demon, and it's by playing these particular notes. And so they play the notes on this song sheet, uh, this heavy metal song sheet, and suddenly the whole town like becomes possessed and people start killing each other and they're having to fight for survival. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. But it, it, it definitely goes, it has a lot of fun going over the top and it has, you know, has fun with it and does it well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what about you, Summer? What's uh, what's been on your docket? Well, a couple of the movies that uh, I enjoyed in 2022 were uh, like a sort of a sci-fi time travel romance called Press Play and a Spanish uh, indie horror movie called The Passenger, which was really cool. Uh, another indie sci-fi movie called Duel, D-U-A-L, which uh, took a really dark turn that I was not expecting, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, another sci-fi movie that is supposed to be first of a trilogy called Zero Contact. Hmm. And it's it's compelling to me because it's it has all these people uh it it's it's done sort of like a zoom uh video conference where these people are all over the place all over different uh areas and they're trying to fix a problem and I don't want to, there's really no way to, to talk about it without giving stuff away, but uh, oh. you, you, you kind of you have to see it to sort of understand it. Um, what else was there? Oh, the, the, uh, the Star Trek cookbook. <laughs> that was... Uh, that was a, a lot of fun. Um, I actually did a giveaway, a couple of copies of that. They were well-received. Hmm. And let's see. What else was there? Slashback. 
Hmm. Uh, sort of another native uh, native village dealing with an alien invasion and the teenage girls really uh, kick ass and take names. <laughs> uh, and there were a couple of other indie movies I guess well I'm I'm still impressed by Needle in a Time Stack even though that wasn't quite 2022 mm-hmm I, I highly recommend it, and I should uh, stop wasting time and put that on sliceofsci-fi.net so people can order it. <laughs> so, since uh, you know, since mm-hmm. you're mentioning uh, what do we call it, uh, Native American uh, themed films, something else I did just watch recently was a film from 1991 called Clear Cut. And that's one where the setup is there's a tribe in Canada, their sacred land is being raised by a logging company uh, who wants to get in and um, log the trees for for money. And the tribe is all up in arms and... um, standing and protesting and trying to prevent the equipment from cutting through. Uh, The film is somewhat told from the perspective of a lawyer who's been trying to represent the tribe, but has been losing in court. And the whole theme of the film is what to do in a situation like this when the law rules against you. And yet, the for the people, it's uh, <clears throat> something that they feel so strongly, and there's so much anger about. And basically, I guess I'm trying to think how to say it without giving too much of a spoiler. But um, hmm. basically, the lawyer is so frustrated he expresses to some of the native people, his anger and how much he would like to see the CEO of this logging company be kidnapped and tortured and mm. <laughs> uh, be made to feel uh, the, 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 the pain that's being, um, being, you know, that being inflicted. And then the next thing is suddenly this, um, this uh, this figure appears, who uh, is is kind of like uh, it. It becomes a little ambiguous from that point on. From that point on, the person who appears, whether they're actually a, a but basically a, a kind of native, appears, <laughs> and so what we want, what you wind up with is somewhere in the middle of between being a thriller being a horror film being a drama Mm. be clear cut it was it was an interesting watch um i do say i do have to say i'm not 
as gung-ho on it as some of the reviews that I've read that are just giving it 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> mm. um, I thought it brought up some interesting things. I wasn't so, I mean, there's no clear re resolution and it's not a clear path of where to go with it. It, it more is bring, brings up the, these kind of emotions and explores them. Hmm. So it was, it was an interesting film. It was certainly one of the more interesting I've seen lately. Hmm. How about you, Chris? Yeah, for me, you know, in 2022, I, uh, you know, I'm a single dad now, so um, my my son is is still young, and so my time is lim has been limited. Um, spanning across a lot of different interests. And so I haven't been necessarily as a, as adventurous in terms of seeking out um, particular things to watch. Um, so I, a lot of what I've watched has been on Netflix. Um, and so um, I got into kind of some of the true crime stuff uh, that was on there that I, that I found interesting. There was a, the documentary series about John Wayne Gacy um, that I thought was, was really, you know, from my perspective anyway, I thought it was pretty good because I hadn't known a whole lot about it. Um, and they, they went pretty deep into the whole thing. And, and uh, so just the, just kind of the extent of, of what he did and, and, who he was, I thought was pretty, was pretty good. Um, so if, if people are interested in that, you know, that's certainly something to check out. Um, and then uh, other things that came out uh, like Oats Studio uh, is, is like a short series of kind of sci-fi, sci-fi horror-ish stuff, um, which I thought was, was pretty good. Um, they even had some, I think Sigourney Weaver was in actually in an episode. Uh, so they actually got some interesting uh, uh, support on that. Um, and uh, those were um, quite a variety of subject matter, I think. Uh, but there was mostly CGI uh, stuff. And then Love, Death, and Robots was also something that I thought was pretty cool. I'm I'm a fan of those short series kinds of things, and um, you know, there's there's <laughs> there's a one episode in particular, um, uh, and I thought the way that it ended was was hilarious and um, was a really good tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, humor. You know, because you're you, they they just set you up for it the whole episode, and then once you find out like, you know who the antagonists are, you know, um, it, it's I, I found it to be pretty hilarious. You know, so it's kind of playing on a on a a well known um, uh, theme or trope, uh, I guess, if you will. Uh, something else I liked was Archive 81, um, 
which was uh, which was a series, uh, limited series, uh, eight episodes. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, I guess it kind of felt more of a mystery than I would say anything else. Uh, but it had elements of sci-fi and horror in it. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of thriller. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I, that was pretty good too. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I heard good things about archive 81. One thing I'm, I'm curious about that one is I know it, it did not get renewed for a season two. Um, mm -hmm. is it one that needs or is it fairly, fairly complete? I mean, I felt like they, it, it, it seemed, you know, to kind of come to some kind of reasonable conclusion at the end of the last episode. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily feel like um, I was wanting more after, um, but, but I enjoyed kind of the, the uh the trip that it took you on it, it was based on this um you know this this i think he was a student maybe i i can't remember off the top of my head um he was a young guy it seemed like he was maybe maybe a freelancer or something doing um archival kind of forensic work um people would bring him um video material that had maybe been damaged in some way or was, was somehow obscured. And, and he would try to kind of go, he had this like knack of kind of going through this stuff and kind of figuring it out and putting it all together and then giving the client an answer, you know, as to what it was. Uh, that was kind of the premise of it all. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the series unfolds as he's going through this stuff and figuring it out and trying to piece it all together. And, you know, he meets uh, another character who, who becomes the main character um, in it. And um, yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then um, another one to note was um, Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities, which is again, kind of, in my wheelhouse type of stuff, um, kind of these artsy type of horror um, um, that have a particular kind of gritty aesthetic or avant-garde-ish in some way, um, storylines that are um, fantastical, you know, and... Um, and uh, I really liked that series. I thought it was pretty well done. He he actually, um, I'm not sure how the whole process was done. I don't think he actually directed any of those episodes. He partnered with other directors who directed all of the, the episodes. Um, and so they were all kind of unique in their own way and, and had these... Um, you know, just kind of bizarre storylines. Uh, one episode being, you know, this woman um, 
it's kind of a play on, you know, um, my perspective was that it was a play on kind of the pressures of society on women to, to be adhere to some kind of standard of beauty, right? This kind of prescribed uh, aesthetic of beauty um, that's probably very patriarchal in nature. Um, and, and so she, this the story of this woman who gets caught up and lost and all of that. And, you know, who was maybe supposed to be ugly, right? The ugly duckling kind of thing. Um, and is sold this product that is supposed to fix all of that magically when she, you know, and so, so the story is all about her using this product and um, kind of going through the psychological, you know, mind job that it does on, on you and, and, and how that ends up in the end. Um, so it was pretty interesting. It had definitely had an element of sci-fi to it. Um, I thought, um, yeah, my, my understanding was that, uh, that show I only watched, I, I've only seen the uh, first episode so far, but my understanding is pretty much everything there is either an adaptation of an HP Lovecraft story or it's a Lovecraft inspired story. Uh, right. Yeah. I think that's kind of the underlying theme of yeah. all of it. Yeah. These very Lovecraftian type of things. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Mm -hmm. So did, uh, did you guys indulge in any holiday binges, either rereading a favorite book or rewatching a favorite trilogy or binging a TV show? I know this year was the first year in at least 10 years that I did not watch the extended edition Lord of the Rings <laughs> for uh, for Christmas. Uh, funny. I did I did uh, reindulge in my my uh, my reading every every year since I'm going to say 1987. I have read the the Matador trilogy by Steve Perry. Uh, during the Christmas New Year's week, they're really mm. quick reads. They're awesome books. I I love them to death. If if I had the resources, I would make sure that this got made into a, a limited series on mm. like Netflix or HBO. Um, but the rights to them have been unavailable for almost twenty years. So mm. so much for that. Mm. <laughs> Mm. And uh, I, I didn't binge any movie trilogies, but for some reason on New Year's Day, I got caught up watching Sci-Fi Channel's Twilight Zone marathon. Oh, yeah. We started running uh, Twilight Zone, I think, Friday night, ran mm -hmm. all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And I I got caught up on Sunday watching. I'm like it's been a while since I've seen all of these and they've looked good on a remaster. <laughs> mm. 
So uh, yeah, I got I got caught up in my Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Definitely, I, I, it's been some years since I've gone through. But yeah, there was a point where I was kind of going through all of the Twilight Zone, you know, kind of in order from beginning to end, you know, and um, just interested in the evolution of the show and you know how it came along. Yeah. So, so I guess you, from uh, did you did either of you guys binge anything for the for the holiday season? I mean not particularly. I suppose my wife and I were um, we, we never did finish Boardwalk Empire, so we're kind of going back finally getting back to that one. Um, mm. which I don't know. To, we 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 binged season 3 and honestly I thought it was I can see why we dropped off on it previously. I I, I think it's kind of a step down from the previous couple seasons, but um, what I would say, though, is looking back at 2022, uh, just in terms of what came out in 2022 that did stand out to me. And again, this is completely, you know, going to be like about the most mainstream thing anybody can say. Uh, but I did think that season four of Stranger Things did hold it held up. I, I thought mm -hmm. that, that, that it really is uh actually one of one of the shows that's managed to be extremely popular that actually deserves it um mm -hmm. i think they, mm -hmm. they actually really did quite a good job with season four um both uh, parts one and two and then uh i was also pleasantly surprised and now this is much more you know th this is one i can see that there's you know some people that would want to bite my head off for saying this but I was actually very pleased with uh, Netflix's adaptation of Neil Gaiman's Sandman books. Um, now, I'm I'm somebody who was a Sandman fan going back to when issue one first hit the stands. I was like, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. I, I I I was an original original reader of Sandman. I, I was mm. somebody that um, picked it up and and uh, was reading it. Uh, regularly from 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 the day it came out, I had already been tuned into Neil Gaiman, um, you, you know, even before <laughs> uh, even before Sandman existed. But um, having said that, I've I've read it all the way through when it first came out. Uh, years later, I reread them, and then it's been decades since then. So mm -hmm. I can't say that I have Sandman like immediate in my head to be comparing it to, but from what I remember, it really seemed like a pretty faithful adaptation to me, um, mm. which would make sense with Gaiman being executive producer on the show. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me, it worked because it was faithful. I, mm -hmm. I didn't watch it thinking, no, 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 that's not, I, I mean, of course they changed things around, but um, uh I, I really I was actually very pleasantly pleased with that one. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't hear as much fan or media buzz about the Sandman adaptation. It seemed like it just it dropped and then it disappeared. Mm -hmm. Well, it did well enough that they renewed it for a season two. And these cool. days on Netflix, that's not an easy thing. So 
True, true. And especially when it's a, a, an expensive production like Sandman was, Gaiman didn't think it was going to get renewed. The <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, so talking about potential new stuff. Uh, I I have still got to get to Andor, um, but yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing The Last of Us, mostly because I heard nothing but gushing for the first game when it came out. Everybody who I knew who played that game couldn't stop talking about it. And the fact that the executive producer of it for HBO is the same guy who did uh, the Chernobyl limited series, Craig Mazin, and Chernobyl mm. was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm looking forward to seeing The Last of Us. Mm. Yeah, so, that sounds interesting. I, I'll, I'll look for that. Something else that came out in 2022, um, looking back at you know the things that that I watched that I was pleasantly surprised by. Uh, I really enjoyed The Northman, Robert Eggers, uh, director who did The Witch. Uh, this was his Viking epic. Mm -hmm. And it was, mm -hmm. it was a revelation to me that there actually was an original, uh, original Hamlet story that predated Shakespeare's Hamlet. And it even has like, the character name Hamlet comes from that, you know, that, that old Danish uh, story and language. And it was actually a, you know, it was, it was, I, it was, a, it was a film that was, in, you know, very engaging um, and that I, I really enjoyed, but also it was one that later when I found out more about the making of it, it was kind of amazing how much attention was put into period detail of trying to actually create a film set in this Viking period of that Viking culture and to mm. have everything be dated correctly. So, but the end result really was one of my uh, pleasant surprises of 2022. Mm hmm. Hmm. Cool. So any, uh, any last thoughts before we, we take off? <laughs> yeah, I, I, this may be unrelated, but I just watched Messiah, um, that season that, that just dropped on Netflix. Um, and, uh, and my girlfriend and I watched it and, um, it, it, it was released originally, I think, uh, over a year ago. Um, and it just was released on Netflix, like the, within the last month, I think. And, uh, and it's really, I thought, pretty interesting just from the perspective of current, his, you know, current events and world kind of context <laughs> um, uh, in regards to like religion and um, 
and socio-political type of stuff. Um, and, it, and, it, and apparently what we what we found out, we kind of were curious, like, well, what happened to this show? Because uh, it seemed like it was really good. And, um, and so apparently there was a big stink about it. It was that good where Netflix got a lot of flack from various groups saying, you know, like, you shouldn't be making the show. You know, it's, it's too much from, from, from like the religious perspective. Um, it was cutting too deep across, you know, um, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, um, and in, in a very literal way. And, um, uh, so, and there's a petition on change.org to like, to, to, well, there was a petition to stop Netflix from producing the second season. And then now there's a, a petition to encourage Netflix to produce the second season. So I thought that was really, really interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess for me, uh, a few other things I'll just mention in terms of 2022 releases. Um, one that I actually enjoyed, but it's definitely not going to be everybody's cup of tea, was a film called Infinite Storm, uh, which was based on a true story of a woman who uh, she's... Uh, uh, forest rescue who basically is out in the wilderness in the middle of this snowstorm and just finds this guy out in the wilderness who's like half frozen of hypothermia and she's trying to get him back to safety and he's basically fighting her <laughs> the whole way down the mountain um, I did find that to be one of my pleasant surprises of 2022 uh, mm. But again, it's uh, um, it, it, I could see people feeling like you don't need an entire movie of that. It just happened to work for me. Mm. Um, I saw the movie. I, I, I watched the movie X, uh, which was was an interesting premise. It was basically from like era it's set in is 1979 and it's like um right at the right after debbie does dallas and films like that and a small group of texans like think this is their chance to make it big to go make a, a low budget porno film and mm. they go rent some house at you know at this remote farm to shoot their porno movie in and then um, it ultimately turns into a slasher movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was something that I thought uh, was, was, it was an intriguing premise. And it was a reasonably entertaining film. I did think it would have been a lot better if it had some kind of supernatural element. Uh, it's something that's very slow to build up to where it's going. And then where it's going is ultimately pretty standard slasher um tropes rather than uh, doing doing something um completely completely unique it was still you know it was entertaining enough uh, but then they also released a sequel or actually prequel called pearl 
uh, same same director. It's I guess supposedly part of a, part of this trilogy. Pearl didn't work for me at, at that point. It's just sort of exploring the you know what builds up to learning about the you know the the slasher <laughs> you know mm. the, who who becomes the killer in in X. Um, learning about them back in the year 1918, and yeah, it didn't really work for me. It wasn't wasn't very interesting. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll have a list of uh, all the stuff we mentioned here for for you to check out. Come on by the website sliceofsci-fi.com, and uh, Noah Cliff, thank you for your your insights and your your recommendations. Thanks, yeah, thanks Summer. Appreciate it. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Slice of Sci-Fi. Pseudopod, the free horror fiction podcast Brought to you by Escape Artists. It makes my bones chatter against each other and you sit up in bed. I scream as I remain a statue and then the fury in me becomes a raging, hot thing in my chest. Each week, one story told well. There, writhing in lurid agony upon the floor, was a short creature, perhaps two feet tall. It was covered with red, wire-like hair on every inch of its exposed flesh. From the most chilling and unsettling storytellers of the genre. The wind's up now, and the sackcloth is blowing in black tatters round it, making it writhe like the worms. Only that ain't all sackcloth. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on the web at pseudopod.org, and on Patreon under EA Podcasts. Hey guys, this is Arjun Gupta from Sci-Fi's The Magician, and you are listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. Well, I hope you uh, enjoyed our little retrospective for 2022 before jumping into 2023. And uh, during the year, we will be hearing <laughs> more reviews and... Uh, analysis from both Noah and Cliff, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, but how about you? What did you enjoy in 2022? Give us a call. The number is 602-635-6976 or shoot me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com. You can also come by the website, sliceofsci-fi.com and leave a comment in the discussion section for this episode. You can also communicate with us via Twitter at Slice of Sci-Fi. Uh, we're following a few updates with the uh, Dungeons and Dragons gaming license uh, manifest. I think they're doing part one of season four right now. And what else is out there? Still waiting for Last of Us, so we'll be having fun with that, I hope, maybe. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support 
our podcasting and website efforts here. Your donations, your pledges really, really do help keep things on around here. So I appreciate your support in keeping the podcasts and the websites humming. If you'd like to add your support, place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier, and you will become eligible for perks every month. I pick a new winner out of the email hopper, so to speak, and that person gets to choose from a Blu-ray, a DVD, a 4K, or a book. And if you're interested in supporting but don't really care about the swag, the place to go is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer or Kofi, ko-fi.com slash slice of sci-fi. You can also support by buying products, movies, TV shows, and books through sliceofsci-fi.net. All of the items you'll find over there are affiliate links. So thank you for your support that way as well. But that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.